Hi, welcome to Grace Intersect. The goal of this podcast is to help us have an increasingly clear understanding of grace. My name is Jerry Moldenhauer. Thank you for joining us today. Have you ever been in a relationship with someone that you cared deeply for and loved greatly, so much that you felt the need to be perfect for them? You know, afraid to cause even the slightest pain or discomfort. Did you then see that relationship suffer from your well-intentioned but suffocating need to control everything related to the relationship so that it would be as perfect as possible? Something along that line might describe how I often tried to relate to God, trying hard to control every part of my connection with Him to make it as perfect as possible, and, of course, suffocating my faith in the process. If you are a Christian, you may have struggled with the idea of having a relationship with the divine. How in the world do you have a relationship with a spiritual being, especially if the deity is also your creator? This is the fourth episode of Grace Intersect. If you are just joining us, it might be helpful to listen to the first three episodes to get a context for this episode. I am giving an overview of my early church journey and how it came to focus on grace. This episode will deal with how I transitioned from an emphasis on following rules to experiencing a love relationship with Jesus. Chronologically, this episode will start with some backstory to the last one. Most of us have had moments when a sudden thought pops into our heads and we finally understand something we have been trying to figure out. It's like you were in the dark and then the light bulb goes on. We see clearly now what was in the dark just a second ago. When that happens in a relationship context, it can have an important impact on our involvement with it. But if you are like me, most learning in life, especially in relationships, takes place over a long period of time. It's more like a dimmer switch that fluctuates the intensity of the light until it is finally fully on. That is what this episode is about, the slow, uneven growth into life-changing clarity. While on my personal and quite private quest for an understanding of grace— And while in a church environment strongly geared toward religiosity, like following rules, I came across a small book written by a couple from another church denomination with a similar religious culture. I had picked up the book because it was titled something about freedom, which kind of appealed to me, and it was freedom from church legalistic living. I don't remember the title or the name of the authors, and I no longer have the book. Strangely, it took several weeks, maybe even a few months, I don't really remember for sure, before I had the courage to read it. I do remember having a fear that it would convince me once and for all that grace was a line-in-the-sand understanding that would require me to separate from my church as they had from theirs. I was more interested in helping my church process toward a clearer grace perspective, and I prayed often for that. I wanted to share this journey with those I was closest to. Sometimes I've wondered if I were to read that book today, would it strike me the same way? As it turns out, when finally getting around to reading their account of learning more about grace and responding to it, I wasn't motivated to change my course at all. While their story seemed to bring them freedom and joy from religiosity, which for me is the following of rules to please God, it seemed to be explained in a sort of proof-texting or legalistic way that didn't leave me feeling or sensing a power of grace or more closeness to Jesus. It was good information and education, but something seemed to be missing, at least for me. What they seemed to feel was more like a sense of relief from all of the rules that they were bound by in their church experience. And that is certainly understandable. Their presentation made a lot of sense. 
but it pitted head knowledge against lifelong practices and relationships that you just don't up and quit. At the time, I couldn't say what or why, but what they offered was incomplete for me. I already knew there was more to understanding grace than just the doctrine of it. A clear theology of grace, of course, is necessary in processing this journey. However, somehow I knew that there was a powerful spiritual dimension to grace that would make a relationship with Jesus incredibly more meaningful. I just didn't know what it looked like. The book didn't lead me there, so I didn't feel compelled to adjust my journey for it. What could have been in the book that would have made a stronger impact on me? Let's revisit the same verses from the last episode. The story about telling my dad our decision to leave the church is an example of the theological approach to understanding grace. Here is what this scripture says about the Ten Commandments versus the New Covenant where God writes his desires on our hearts. These verses point out how we are not capable of living perfectly, but we can accept the perfection of Jesus for us. That the Old Covenant, including the Ten Commandments, was condemning, ineffective, and led to death, whereas the New Covenant was glorious, completely adequate, and leads to life eternal. That is good and important information. It helps us to know more clearly the mechanics of grace. Head knowledge is necessary to put us on the right path and stabilize our beliefs. Just knowing this can bring us a sense of freedom and joy. But there is more. Look at the context of these verses in 2 Corinthians 3, 2 through 13, and 17 and 18. Verses 2 and 3. You yourselves are our letter, written on our hearts, known and read by everyone, revealing that you are a letter of Christ, delivered by us, written not with ink, but by the Spirit of the living God, not on tablets of stone, but on tablets of human hearts. Do you now see this in a relationship context? How very personal it is. This was written to a group of Jesus' followers. Some of these followers had behavior that we would probably consider absolutely unacceptable. But that is a discussion for a future episode of Grace Intersect. God has made a covenant, a promise with each person. They are sharing the Spirit of God with Him and each other. There is a heart-to-heart connection. There is a spiritual connection described that goes beyond head knowledge. We are a spiritual family living out an expression of Jesus that goes beyond finding rules to follow. It is a love-sharing experience that is expressed in ways no rules could come close to demonstrating. If you listened to the last episode, there are several important questions at the end that we do well to process. If you did that already, the rest of this episode may take on more significance. In case you missed it, please allow yourself time to carefully ponder them. Here they are. What is your relationship with the Ten Commandments? And how satisfying is it? How do you even answer that question? Is it risky to discard them as requirements for living? Some who are not Christians have their own rules. How complete are they for living? Do they define your personal identity? How well do you live up to your own rules? Do you expect others to live up to them also? How disappointing is that? Do we put our trust in our ability to keep rules perfectly or to live a perfect life? It doesn't matter if we are Jesus' followers or not. If we do, we will forever experience failure, guilt, shame, and so on, because we can't do it. Some days are better than others, but if so, I wonder how well the society around us can function with those rules. We can't just say, love everybody, because that has never succeeded, and never will. Really? Everybody can love everyone all the time? 
Even the one or ones you love most and most love you can't do that. At best, all we can do is pick up ourselves and try harder next time. And there is always a next time. Utopias might be a nice thought, but none have succeeded. Now listen to the next part, verses 4 through 6. Now we have such confidence in God through Christ, not that we are adequate in ourselves to consider anything as if it were coming from ourselves, but our adequacy is from God, who made us adequate to be servants of a new covenant, not based on the letter, but on the Spirit. For the letter kills, but the Spirit gives life. Here again, we see a context of relationship. For any relationship to work well, there must be trust. This tells us that our relationship with Jesus and God is built on our trusting them and not ourselves. Because of the love Jesus demonstrated toward us, we can trust him. Even though we are obviously not trustworthy, God is. So, we recognize our personal inadequacy and we allow them to make us adequate through the Spirit. Other places in Scripture say that followers of Jesus are in them and they are in us. We are bound together in the Spirit, in an ultimate relationship of complete trust and love. How does this make you feel? Can you really accept this total dependency on Jesus? This is amazing grace. There is more to this incredible grace. Some basic logic comes into play here. One cannot have a relationship with another if one or both are dead. There is no dynamic, no interaction, no sharing of experiences, no hope. There are no choices to be discussed or made. There is no trust being shared. Trying to have a relationship with God based on the old covenant is much the same. It is a covenant of condemnation and death. All it does is show us our imperfections with no hope of making us perfect. God doesn't want us to have anything to do with it. At all. Instead, He is all about abundant life and love relationships. Think about your answers to the questions we posed earlier. Having considered what you have heard in this episode, would your answers be any different? Here are the first questions. What is your relationship to the Ten Commandments? How satisfying is it? Is it risky to discard them as requirements for living? Do you see now that we don't want to depend on rules for living? More importantly, God doesn't want us to depend on them either. There is no way even we will be satisfied with our performances, let alone a perfect God. Now we know. There is no risk in discarding them as requirements for living. In fact, God wants us to discard them because our love relationship with Jesus is much more glorious and dynamic than following rules. Unfortunately, our human tendency and life training means the real risk is that we will hang on to a desire to perform perfectly. And of course, we will fail. It's inevitable. Do you hate to admit it? This comes at the expense of allowing God's Spirit to inform and guide us. We do trust Him, right? The other questions were, What is your deepest love relationship? In what way do you experience freedom in it? My deepest love relationship on this earth is with my wife. She has a depth of unconditional love that is hard to comprehend. That kind of love provides a context of freedom. I'm free to be me. She loves me. I want very much to live in a way that pleases her. She loves me so much, I am free to do that. I want to do that. I certainly have my human flaws. There is no shortage of those. And yet, I have freedom from fear of reprisal, revenge, retribution for my weaknesses and failures. She loves me beyond them. She is free to speak into my life to help me experience a better life. 
and I love her. My wife and I have a spiritual blended relationship with Jesus that makes our relationship with him very fulfilling. We share his love, his heart, his hope. We all want the best for each other, and my wife and I know that he works all things for our good. Our relationship doesn't have a checklist of do's and don'ts. They aren't needed. In fact, it would put our relationship into a very different context, where measuring performance would determine feelings and quantify love, where comparisons would determine satisfaction. Frankly, that's not a love relationship I'm interested in, and I wouldn't recommend it to anyone else. What Jesus offers is a love relationship with him that personally connects us heart to heart, spirit to spirit, shoulder to shoulder. It's not based on our adequacy or performance, only his. That's the only way it can work. I think about this and I just don't know. I'm kind of curious. Did the book mentioned at the beginning of this episode give this kind of explanation and I just missed it? Was I not ready to receive it? I don't remember that it gave a relationship context to the explanation of grace. I would like to think that if it had, my journey may have gone much more quickly. How about you? If you can relate to my experiences about rule following, has this episode of Grace Intersect expanded your understanding of grace? Has it given you a greater possibility for freedom, joy, and hope in an unconditional love relationship with Jesus? If so, I would love to hear about it. And if it hasn't helped, I very much would love to hear about that also. While many of our journeys may be similar, they are, of course, also unique. We each have our own path. Doing it with the grace of Jesus is life itself. Thank you for listening today. My name is Jerry Moldenhauer, and this is the Grace Intersect Podcast. And as we process together, please know that your thoughts and or questions are always welcome. Comments may be made at the graceintersect.com website or by emailing comments at graceintersect.com. Have a great day.